Today on episode number 604 of the School of Podcasting, it only makes sense to go fast when you're headed in the right direction. And today we are going to get sharp. We are going to get focused with Jeff Sanders of the 5 a.m. Miracle. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I am your award-winning personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson. Thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, welcome aboard. I'm super happy you're here. I help people massage their message. I help them tackle that technology. This is a tough one sometimes, facing your fears and then flattening that learning curve. Look, you can go out to YouTube and watch a bunch of really old, outdated videos, or you could buy Adam Carolla's class. I'll talk about that today. Hoofa. And uh, you can start a really awful podcast, or you can go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start Use the coupon code. This coupon code is not on the website. It's my gift to you for listening to the podcast. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start and use the coupon code listener when you sign up on either a month or a year at the School of Podcasting. Thank you so much for tuning in. And today we're talking about getting organized. And if you ever wonder, we're going to hear from uh, Jeff Sanders. He picks things in his life that often are happening to help him pick titles. And right now, if you talk to anybody, you know, I am an idea person. I'm a creative person, but there are times when I am all over the place. And so about mid January, I noticed I was pushing about 1500 peanuts, a half of a centimeter for my friends across the pond. And none of them were going anywhere. And I went, wait a minute. If I focused all this on one peanut, I could push it a mile. And I was like, you really need to make being organized, a little more organized, a higher priority. And so we're going to talk about that today. I think it was my buddy, David Hooper, on his podcast, Red Podcast, where I got that line, it only makes sense to go fast if you're headed in the right direction. And that really hit home with me. So thanks, Dave. Check him out at redpodcast.com. And it was Dave that then introduced me to Jeff Sanders. And so we're going to hear from Jeff in a minute, some really cool stuff. And you wait till you hear how he grows his audience. And my favorite to-do list tool is called Todoist. And it's free. It works on every platform. And one of the things I love about it is you can go in and have an email and you're reading it in your Gmail and go, oh, I need to, I need to act on this later and click a button and it will add it to your to-do list. Then... When you're in Todoist, you basically can click on that and it'll take you right back to the Gmail, the email that this came from. I got an example of one a couple uh, episodes ago. Clay Groves, you know Clay, right? Awesome guy behind fishnerds.com. If you're into fishing, you got to go check out Clay. And uh, he was talking about doing appearances. And another listener who's asked to be nameless, thank you, by the way, for sending this in. And uh, she said, when I was in radio, the standard appearance rate was $250 an hour, and you couldn't book talent for less than two hours. When I got my first speaking contract, she says, for a very large health company, it was for $750 for a half a day, $1,350 for a full day with expenses and transportation covered. She goes, now these rates are about five years old and may not apply to everyone, but in case you were wondering, that's one person's perspective. Now, I had that as a, you need to mention this on your show. It's been in my to-do list for a while. Did I mention that I needed to get a little more focused? Yeah, but I was, I never lost that. That's the cool thing. And so with Todoist and Evernote, you can really 
get focused. And that's the whole point of Evernote is your brain is not meant to remember everything because that's the problem. We're trying to juggle 37 balls at the same time. If we could put some of those in a nice safe place that we can go to later, then we can focus on the things that we want to get done in front of us. Now, speaking of things that are going to be right in front of us, one of them is podcast movement. How's that for a transition? Yeah, July 23rd through the 26th, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Use the coupon code SOP and it gets you $50 off any level of registration at Podcast Movement. You're like, Dave, what is it? It's for any podcaster. You're brand new. Come on over. Are you a veteran? Come on over. Anyone looking to start their podcast the right way, over 2,000 podcasters. So think about all the networking opportunities there are going to be there. It's going to be awesome for three days of workshops, panels, and parties. Now, when you hear parties, it's not like, ah, toga. No, nothing that crazy. This is a lot of times where the magic happens is at these parties where you get to network with everybody. It's really, really cool. You're going to have over a hundred sessions. I think a hundred sessions on topics ranging from the technical side of podcasting, setting up your equipment, audio production, marketing, monetizing. If you want to make money with your podcast, it's all going to be there for you to learn as well as over 60 vendors. So if you're looking for what microphone to use or what media host to use, I'm going to be at the Libsyn booth. Stop by and see me. Anyone who matters is going to be there to help you out. Again, it's at podcastmovement.com, July 23rd through the 26th in Philadelphia, PA. Use the coupon code SOP and get $50 off any level of registration. Thank you, Podcast Movement, for sponsoring the School of Podcasting. I hope to see you there. Joining me via Skype, he is the host of the uh, the 5A Miracle Podcast. He's been nominated five times for a podcast award. Do you know who you've lost to? Probably you. <laughs> no. Um, no, me neither. Yeah, I've been in the health category quite a few times, and uh, I've lost to people that have like six pack abs. I think mostly. Yes. So that, yeah, that nasty old Ben Greenfield probably. That yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. You were ranked number two in the top ten productivity podcast for 2016 by Inc. Magazine. That doesn't suck. Besides being a podcast, you can definitely check out his book, The Five A.M. Miracle, which I was listening to today on Audible, and uh, he's got a new book coming out February 28th. It's called The Free Time Formula. So, Jeff Sanders, thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Well, thanks, Dave. I'm excited to be here today. I wanted to bring you on because you have two great skills. Number one, you've been nominated five times, so obviously you're doing something correct with your podcast. And then also, I think a lot of podcasters, we get excited about podcasting, and we go in like 37 different ways. And one of your your uh, superhero kind of powers is to help people get focused and so I thought we could talk about that today. But uh, let's let's talk about what inspired you to start your podcast. Well, I, I was a big podcast listener myself for many years. So I graduated college, what was that, probably 12 years ago now. And when, right when I graduated, I got really into podcasting for my daily commute to work. And it was basically like my go-to uh, for every single day. I was constantly consuming podcasts and realized very quickly that you know I wanted to take my background in theater. I have an undergrad degree in theater. I, wa- I wanted to use that some way in my career, but didn't really want to do radio. I didn't really want to do television. It's like, what did I want to do with my life? So for a 
few years, I worked odd jobs while always consuming tons of podcasts and then decided along the way, like I, I needed my own show, but I didn't want to start one until I had something to say, something of value to offer. And so I waited many years before I officially launched what is now the 5am miracle. Um, I did have a show before then called gibberish that lasted all of three episodes. That was terrible. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I, I got really into podcasting because I was so inspired by other podcasters and wanted to have my own channel, my own way to, to share my voice and my message and my advice. And I, I just, I wanted that opportunity and podcasting was the perfect place to do that. And did you start off as like a blog and then move into podcasting or was it just, you just jumped in both feet with a, a podcast? Uh, I blogged for a few years, uh, really kind of tinkering out a, a lot of different topics and trying to figure out like what was my voice and what were my favorite you know themes I wanted to discuss. Uh, so I did blogging for probably two years before I launched the show, uh, which I think was really helpful. Do you see any kind of like difference in terms of, I guess, interactivity with an audience versus the blog versus the podcast? Uh, yeah, I would say that my podcast listeners are much more passionate fans. Uh, there's no doubt that they are much more engaged. They tune in a lot more often than my blog readers did. Um, not to say that there's not overlap there as well, but I feel like the podcast listener crew that I've you know acquired over the last few years, they are definitely like they're committed listeners. They're in. They love the show. They want more of it. Whereas the blog posts are kind of hit or miss. They might like one and not the other, but I feel like the podcast gives them a chance to just like tune in a lot more often and consume the content more frequently. So they're definitely a much more committed crew. Well, you've been nominated five times. So obviously your, your show doesn't stink. What goes into making an episode? Ooh, there's a lot there. <laughs> I think that it really, it starts for me with uh, kind of my productivity mindset. So I've got lots of, uh, of ways to organize my thoughts. I've got spreadsheets upon spreadsheets to figure out what the content's going to be about. Um, I spent a, a lot of time before my show ever launched getting all the right gear in place and the right audio quality. I record interviews months in advance. And so I plan things out really far ahead of schedule. So like my production flow uh, really does begin a long time before anything ever airs. And then I make sure that I have a full production as far as like my pre-production. So there's show notes, there's scripting, there's graphics, emails that are written beforehand, production video or videos to have a marketing for afterwards. All of that's done ahead of time. And then I'll do the actual recording uh, with lots of then post-production editing, uh, more kind of ID3 tag, you know, tagging, lots of stuff that are kind of involved in all that. So the whole production flow could take, it could take weeks or months for some episodes. But the long and the short of it is, is that I put a lot into every episode, uh, which is why I think it's the, why the show has done well in part is because I really am committed to making sure the quality is there. Yeah, it's a great show. I've been consuming it all week and it's, it sounds exactly like what you just did. It's, <laughs> it's well planned out. It's executed well. It's got great content. I, I love the last interview with a woman who said, uh, if you are what you eat, should I eat a skinny girl? I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, she's and great. How do you pick what topics to talk about? Where does that come from? I would say the majority of what it comes from is whatever I'm currently going through. So if I'm going to do an episode that's just a solo show of me talking about a, a current topic that's related to my show, so you know, healthy habits, personal development, uh, productivity related, um, I generally will try to pull from something I'm currently experiencing or something that I have recently done in my life or business uh, that has worked well so I can share those lessons on the show. And so the vast majority of my content is just plucked from my own life. Um, unless I'm doing an episode that's an interview and 
which case the content is based upon the guest. Um, but even with the guests, I want to make sure that uh, their content they're going to share also fits well with you know the overall feel of my show. So it, it's planned in, in the sense that I really want to make sure every episode uh, fits with my overall trajectory of where the show is headed. But in, in the same sense, I'm also very impulsive and I choose content that I think is you know something I'm, I'm currently passionate about to make sure that when I do my recording, um, I can really share that sense of newness and enthusiasm about the topic at hand. Well, you're obviously a, a high energy guy anyway. I've, I've listened to a couple episodes. I've seen you, some of your videos and things like that. You are not a low key guy. <laughs> I am not. And so, <laughs> so that comes through in the, in the show. The other thing I've noticed is you do have sponsorships on your show. How long did it take until you got your first sponsor? Do you remember that? Yes, it was two years ago. So I had done the show for, what was that, two and a half years before I got my first sponsor. And um, I didn't want a sponsor at the time. I had someone that that asked me to do a sponsor spot. And I said yes tentatively. And I did a couple of spots. Uh, But then I realized kind of the upside of having sponsors and really realized like I could integrate really great brands with the show. And so after that, it became a no-brainer to include them more often. And so for the last two years now, I've had sponsors going um, with every episode. And I know you also have your academy. Obviously, you have your books. You have a, a lot of things on your your website. You have your own products. Do you know, like, which one do you think makes up the majority of your income, your own products or the sponsorship? Uh, my own products make up the majority of the income, but sponsors have been a, a much bigger part uh, than I thought they would be in the last year. I think that podcast sponsors kind of as an industry has really developed a lot. And so the opportunities to find more sponsors and better sponsors is certainly there. So that for me has, has grown over the last year, year and a half, which I think has been phenomenal. I'm really excited about that because it just gives uh, such a, a platform for podcasting to be even more important in the work that I do and, and for others as well. So I think it's great to have that foundation growing. A, a mutual friend of ours, David Hooper, who does the Red Podcast, he had said, uh, you know, if you come on the show, I need to ask you the question, which is uh, basically because of your podcast. If you have something that wouldn't have happened that did happen because you have a podcast, how would you answer that question? Well, I'm a published author, a two-time published author now because of my podcast. Uh, there's no doubt that those, both of my books that are now, the first one that came out two years ago, The 5 a.m. Miracle, and the second one now, The Free Time Formula, uh, both of the editors that approached me did so because of the show. The first one literally emailed me and said, you know, my publisher asked me to find someone who could talk about productivity, and that happens to be like an ongoing content, you know, creator, and your name was, you know, top of the list. And I was thinking, like, how, how is that possible? And she said she found me in iTunes. Like, she did a search in iTunes and saw my show and heard my voice and immediately emailed me. And it just blew my mind that that was even possible. And so I went from someone who wanted a book deal for many years. And actually, I, I pitched a lot of publishers years ago for an idea uh, that it went nowhere. So to have someone reach out to me was just incredible. And all of a sudden, I had a book deal. And then two years later, the book came out. And then now I here I am again with a second book with a different publisher as well. So it's just... There's no doubt that the power of podcasting is there because your voice is out there and people can find you and resonate with your message a whole lot faster than they can in other mediums. Uh, so, yeah, because of my podcast, I'm an author and it's it's awesome. Now, I know you you have a degree kind of that deals a little bit with uh, psychology and theater. Do you have any kind of radio experience? I don't, actually. I was planning to do radio uh, in college, and I got kind of sidetracked with other things going on. So no formal radio experience, no. Because yeah, you have the pipes. That's the, You have that cool, just 
that radio guy kind of thing <laughs> without sounding like the cheesy radio guy, which is even better. I did see another because of my podcast story on your Facebook this morning. Tell us about your uh, your mail carrier. Yeah. So I got an email that was totally out of the blue from a listener who I've never heard of who just wanted to email me and said that she has been a mail carrier as her career for many years and has listened to music every day when she delivers mail. And about five, six months ago, she switched over to listening to podcasts instead and found my show and has been binge listening to it ever since and just wanted to thank me for kind of the inspiration from the show and that how she's now starting her own side business. And she's just really pumped to want to consume more podcasts and dig in further and learn more. And it was just this realization for me, like once again, like there are people listening to me when I'm talking, which is weird because I'm in my you know home office by myself when I podcast. So to know that I'm actually reaching real human beings who are listening and changing their lives because of what I'm talking about, like that's just so powerful and incredible to hear those stories. And so uh, whenever I hear those, it's just it really like reinforces why I podcast. And I think it's just a really incredible aspect of, of podcasting that, you know, you can't see when you're behind the mic, but you can once people you know tell you about those stories and it's great to hear you mentioned uh, was it gibberish was your first podcast <laughs> yeah uh, why did that one die a, a, apparently a quick painless death <laughs> so what what was the ideas behind that and why didn't it work well, this was uh, was it, probably two years after I graduated college, and this was when I was first really into podcasting as a listener, and I thought like immediately, like, I need to have a show, but I had no idea for a show, no idea what, what to do about it, so I called the show Gibberish, assuming that I was just going to talk about whatever popped into my brain, and so I launched it, and I had three episodes that were all very short, and then I got an, an email from my brother, and he said, Jeff when will this show die? Because it's terrible. <laughs> he was just like so adamant about it. He was like, this is a terrible podcast. <laughs> and right then and there, I was like, okay, it's done. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I, I can't do this. I'm out. I took that kind of, you know, smack in the face to tell me like, okay, Jeff, if you're going to do this, do this well and have a plan for it and execute this like it actually matters. And so that's why I waited probably four years after that to actually launch the 5 a miracle because I knew I needed something that was a, you know, of substance to say, some value to offer and not getting emails from my brother who thought it was just you know not worth showing. So <laughs> there it is. So how did you come across kind of self-development productivity? How did that become the thing you said, yep, this is what I'm going to talk about? Well, that for me began actually with my first job outside of college. I had a job as a door-to-door salesman and that sales job was horrendous. It was the worst job ever, but my boss was really into uh, personal development and the author, John Maxwell, and asked me to read one of his books and I got hooked immediately. That's really blown away just by the power of of the self-help genre and personal growth and books in general and just you know reading as a means to growth. And so I began to consume those like crazy and realized that through the you know the books I was reading that I wanted to be like the authors I was reading from like I wanted to have my own you know public speaking forum I wanted to be able to to write books and produce content on my own and so I knew from the beginning at that point that I wanted my career to take that trajectory. I just didn't know how it was going to happen. And then I put the pieces together that podcasting could be kind of my vehicle to get my voice out there and build that career. So that's for me where it already took off. I I was listening to the 5 a.m. miracle this morning. And first of all, we should say that does not mean you have to get up at 5 a.m. I was very happy to hear that, (laughs) (laughs) that you can start your 5 a.m. anytime. When it comes to, to podcasters, we all typically are somewhat creative. So we're a little all over the place. What are some tips for, for getting focused? 
Well, I think one of the best ways is you start with the unfocused. So start with writing down all the things you want to do. I think this I'm the same as most people, which is that I've got lots of goals, a lot of ideas. There's a lot of things we could pursue every single day. And so I like to just acknowledge that there's a lot of things I want to do. And I write all those things down. So I use Evernote as a way to kind of process my ideas. So I'll just write down all my notes in Evernote, all the thoughts and ideas I've got and projects I want to pursue. And then from there, I do kind of what is the harder work, which is to prioritize that list and then really commit to the one thing that's going to make the biggest difference in my life or my business. And then I let that one, maybe possibly two projects kind of dictate what I do for the next couple of months. And so that's how I, on a bigger picture scale, how I make sure that the projects I commit to matter the most. Um, On a day-to-day basis, it's a very kind of different beast because there's so many just distractions from real life. And so I've created lots of boundaries as a way to make sure that the things that normally you know pull me off track uh, really aren't available. So I can just do the one thing that I said I would do and make sure it gets done. Uh, there's a lot to that because there's a lot of reasons why we all get distracted. Uh, but the important point around it is acknowledging what makes you distracted and finding a very clear way to block that uh, to make sure that those things you've said yes to uh, actually do get your attention. Yeah, the one tip, I think this was in the book or on your podcast. I can't remember which one, but you mentioned how when you first get up to avoid grabbing your phone. I like that idea because I have already found just by not doing that and kind of like you say, when you get up in the morning, have a purpose of, and know where you're going. And I'm already finding myself a little more productive just because I never realized how many times I pick up my phone, I start going through email. And the next thing I know, I'm off on some tangent, completely forgetting what the heck I wrote down the night before to do. So I thought that was a, a great tip. And I'm only like, if you could see, I'm, I'm this far through your book. So I'm looking forward. I think I'm on chapter three at this point. So I'm looking forward to uh, the rest of it. You have a, a new book coming out here at the end of next month. What's the difference between the 5 a.m. miracle and the new book? They are quite different in, in a lot of ways, mostly because the 5 a.m. miracle really talks about ways to kind of hack your day and be more productive versus the free time formula is really acknowledging, okay, you're you're productive, you're getting stuff done, but maybe you're pushing it a little too hard. And I say that because that was my story last year and my story that I talk about in the book, which is that I pushed way too hard, found myself super stressed out, really overwhelmed with my own schedule, and then had to kind of really like reverse engineer that to get to a point where I could say yes to the few things that mattered, but then still have the margin, the free time, the extra space I would need uh, to have a more balanced life and be able to, you know, sleep enough at night and be able to have the energy and enthusiasm I would need to do the work that I said was important. And so the new book really is all about that. It's like, how do you create a life where the things that matter are getting addressed, but you also have the other side of the coin, which is the rest and and the rejuvenation that you're going to need to do that work that matters. But man, you're supposed to crush it and hustle and (laughs) and go for it and, and reach for the stars and all that stuff, right? (laughs) <laughs> yes, you are. Uh, but do so in a way that's sustainable, in a way that you can actually stay healthy in the process. I think that that's what, you know, I kind of had my late 20-somethings enthusiasm driving me for years where it's just like I just I wanted to do everything. And, you know, now I'm 33 and I feel like something has shifted in the last few years. Like I'm realizing that, you know, I'm not 18 anymore. Like what am I going to do with my life long term? I think a big part of that is realizing I can still be ambitious and intelligent with the way I design my projects and choosing the right important things to do. But I also have to take care of myself. And that's one thing I have neglected. And so a big part of the book is this realization that if you want to be a rock star long term, uh, there has to be a plan that can work long term, uh, which is very different than just hustling 24-7. That's not quite the answer. 
in addition to taking care of yourself, you've been married for seven years now, eight, uh, eight years, seven, yes. eight years. How do you do the hustle thing? Plus you're running, you're, you're a marathon runner. How do you carve that out to keep your marriage healthy, keep you healthy while you're still obtaining your goals? Well, luckily, my wife is also a go-getter like me, so we're on the same page a lot, which is we're both workaholics, uh, so we we tend to have a very similar kind of schedule when it terms when it comes down to like how many hours per day we're working or the activities that we're choosing to do. Uh, so luckily for me, I think the two of us work together really well in that. Uh, we both kind of have those hours every day where we're really crushing it and getting our stuff done, but then we also have that time where we know like, okay, we're, we're done with work for the day. Let's, let's, let's go have dinner. Let's go you know, have time to ourselves, and that has worked out really well because we have those conversations about productivity all the time. Like, how does your day going to work out today? Like, wh- what time do you have available to hang out? And we just plan our lives together. And so because of that, I think it has worked to our advantage that we're on the same page. We want the same things. Uh, so we can like intelligently and proactively uh, carve out time for ourselves. It's a novel idea. It's called communication. Oh, my yeah. goodness. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, what do you think is probably the biggest the biggest myth when it comes to people that say, oh, I can't, you know, it, I don't have enough time to write things down. That's always a good one. <laughs> well, I think it's it's funny when people say they don't have enough time because we all have enough time. We're all using our time in certain ways. It's just a question of priority and, and motivation, right? If you want something, you're going to make it happen. Whether it's a Netflix show you want to watch or a trip you want to go on or a new job you want to apply for, like we always find the time, the things that matter to us. It's just a question of what matters to you right now. What do you care about? And then when you ask that question and you write it down and say, this is the thing I want, it is amazing how easy it is to then reorient your calendar to make that thing possible. And it happens to me every single time that I have a new project I want to pursue, my initial thought is, you know, this is too much. I can't handle it. But as soon as I acknowledge this is my new priority, well, I just look at my calendar and I see the time to make it happen. I could begin to craft my life around what it is that I said that I care about. And so that's all it really takes is just acknowledging what you're passionate about, what you're motivated to achieve, and then let your calendar orient around that goal. And you'll find those times before work, during your lunch break, in, you know, in the evenings, whatever it takes, you'll find the time. Like that's how I built my podcast initially. I had a full nine to five job for many years and built my brand and podcast on the side. And it's just you make the time because you care about it. So that's what is really about is acknowledging what you really want and then allowing your calendar to shape to that. How do you make yourself go to bed? <laughs> that's tough, especially when you care about the work you're doing. All right. It's, yeah. it's, it's tough to to turn off the, you know, the, the motivation. It's tough to turn off that stuff. So uh, for me personally, I created what I call an evening boundary, which is just saying at some time in the evening, uh, usually for me, it's 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. I will set a boundary and say, that's my evening deadline. The same as, as it would be if you were clocking out of work you know, at an office, like you have to get out the door at some point. So you set a boundary and you stop work for the day. And that means I turn off the TV, I turn off the computer, turn off the phone, everything's off so that I cannot do those things that I've been doing. And then I just you know take a shower, read a book, go to sleep, like make it a simple process where all the things that keep you up, you, you force yourself to wrap those things up and turn it off by a certain deadline. Um, I don't tend to like deadlines generally, but I know that I have to have them because if I don't, like I will just keep working. I'll work until midnight yes. or later and I can't, I can't last that long. So there has to be a line in the sand at some point. And so I think it's healthy to identify when that would be and, and, and just make make that part of your lifestyle. Yeah, that's uh, I, I what I've been doing is I'm a big fan of the woman in the tube from Amazon. 
And I now will walk in and pick like, where's my deadline to go to bed? And I will have her basically start yelling at me. Uh, Cause otherwise I'm with you. I will stay up till the one day I stayed up till I looked up and I'm like, it's one in the morning and I'm like, Oh yeah, I was supposed to go to bed like two hours ago. Mm-hmm. So that's always uh, good to go. So what are you doing? How do you grow your audience? I think that, well, in the last probably six months, I added in a new kind of marketing feature, a little video that I produced through a company called Wave, W-A-V-V-E, which has been really helpful for social media purposes because you can make a quick little kind of video with your podcast snippet built into it. And that's worked really well on Instagram and Facebook. So I've seen some growth through that. Um, I definitely do a big email marketing push with every episode that comes out. So growing my email list has been helpful as well. But the biggest audience for me, I mean, for most podcasters as well, comes through iTunes. And so a lot of ways my show has done well over the years because of the keywords I've had in my show titles and things along those lines. But the biggest jump that I saw initially, the one that continues to work long term, is getting your podcast featured in any way you possibly can on websites that have a big audience. So um, in the beginning, my podcast is featured on a blog called The Art of Manliness. And he has a podcast now as well, the same name. And that was it's a really popular blog. And they did an article called like the top 24 podcasts for men. And my show was like three months old. And I was number 23 on the list, like almost at the very bottom. But just being on that list, all of a sudden my my download numbers like tripled overnight and it just started growing from there. And so I've seen over time that when I can get my podcast featured in front of bigger audiences, that will just bring in new listeners and they'll subscribe and then tell their friends and it grows from there. And so a lot of my marketing methods now is networking to try to get a great guests on my show, to try to make sure that I'm talking to new people, uh, to make sure that I can get some way or another my show mentioned in other brands. And that has worked wonders to make sure the show continues to grow long term. Now, when you were featured on that website, did you know that person? Did you kind of start to build a relationship and and then mysteriously your show shows up at number 23 or was it the other way around that, hey, this guy featured your show and you're like, oh, I should probably get to know this person. The first one was a sheer coincidence. He happened to find my show and feature it without me knowing about it. Um, And then later on, I asked him like, oh, thank you for that. Let's do more work together if we can. So since then, I've been more intentional about it because I saw the power of that very first post and realized if I have these guys as my friends, maybe I can get some better, you know, benefits from that. And so that's kind of the, you know, the networking angle of, of business in general. Just, you know, the more people you know, the more opportunities show up. And I feel like that is definitely true in podcasting because you need to get your show featured everywhere you possibly can to attract your target audience. And that for me has worked out really well. When you reach out to a popular website, how do you go about doing that? You just say, hi, I'm Jeff and I want to be featured on your site. How do you go about doing that? I think the easiest way to do that is to use the power of your own podcast as the platform to ask that person to be a guest on your show or to ask someone who works for that company to be a guest on your show um, or try to find some other angle where you can offer something to them first. That has always worked well. So there's plenty of people where I have reached out to them and said, hey, I want to do an interview of you on my podcast. You know, I'll feature you with all of my all my audience. And then a few months later, I might send an email and say, you know, hey, your show did really well. You got X number of downloads from that. Hopefully it's worked for you well, you know, would you mind featuring my podcast at some point on your brand? And it's really hard for them at that point to say no to me. So it's a a very easy yes. Uh, So the goal is always to offer value first and then from there, um, put in the ask. Value first. What a novel idea. I like that (laughs) idea. And uh, I got to credit Natalie Ekdahl from uh, Biz Chicks. Chicks is C-H-I-X. She had a great uh, quote in one of her podcasts. She says, when you do an interview, it builds your network 
And when you do a solo show, it builds your business. And I was like, Ooh, that is so true. And you do both those very, very well. So yeah, the, the more people that know you, the more people that somebody says, Oh, I'm too busy. I'm so disorganized. They're going to (laughs) go, you know what? You need to go to jeffsanders.com, check out this guy's book. And then there goes the podcast. The podcast feeds the book, the book feeds more word of mouth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So totally awesome. I know the new book is coming out February 28th. It's called again, the free time formula. Tell us about all the fun-filled things that can happen if somebody comes over and pre-orders your book. Yeah, definitely. So at uh, my website, jeffsanders.com, if you go there, you'll see a nice big picture of the book. Uh, click on that. You'll see the full sales page for it. Um, I've got bonuses you can get if you pre-order, uh, which are some three uh, videos that I have available right now that are part of my academy. You get those for free. Um, once you get a copy of the book, there's a secret website inside there uh, that give you access to additional bonuses with lots of templates and ways to kind of work through the content uh, that are actually in the book. So there's lots of action steps and lots of things to do. And And so I kind of give you those bonus templates to work with offline uh, so you can actually kind of walk through those steps one by one. And so those bonuses are all kind of built into the book. So if you pre-order, you get additional stuff. Uh, But if you don't do that and get the book later on, uh, there's still plenty of free stuff that comes with it uh, to enhance everything that's in the book. So either way, get a copy of that. And there's plenty of stuff to help with that. And I saw where you do have a uh, an online academy. We might as well peel that onion back. What do you what technology are you using for your your course? Uh, the Rock and Productivity Academy is built on. Well, I have a WordPress website, so it's based on that. And then I have a membership portal with Digital Access Pass. Ah. And then from there, I use LearnDash as the LMS, so the learning management tool uh, that actually delivers the content is through LearnDash. So all three of those kind of work together. Everything's password protected and login accessible, uh, and so it's all built from there. And then I think I saw on your website you have a, a cool list of resources. Is it Nobies? What's the name of your favorite kind of to-do list? It's Nosby. N-O-Z-B. Nosby. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's actually a made-up Polish word. Uh, but basically, it's a task manager. So it's uh, Asana is a popular one. Wonderlist was popular until it got bought out and now it's gone. Uh, but it's a, it's a to-do list manager that allows you to organize um, your daily tasks, your projects. Um, I use that every single day to manage my little to-dos. Um, my bigger stuff goes on my calendar, but all the little stuff I don't want to forget all goes into Nosby. Does it do something that the other ones don't or like I'm a big Todoist guy. Mm. And I, that's why that's why yeah. I was asking and I'm like, oh, does this do something that that Todoist doesn't or uh I think the best answer to that is that Nosby is built on David Allen's getting things done system. So uh, it's all the same methodology and the same like terminology you would learn from David Allen. That's all built into Nosby because Michael Swinsky, the creator of Nosby, uh, loves David Allen. And so he's got everything built in through that same system. Uh, so if your brain thinks like that, I think Nosby is a great fit. Um, I know a lot of people who've tried Nosby. It's not for them because their brain operates differently. Uh, it's totally fine. Like whatever, like you, however you think about getting things done, you want to find a tool that matches is your brain. And so for me, Nosby is a great fit. If you want to check out anything Jeff Sanders, it's super easy. Just go over to jeffsanders.com. Again, check out his podcast. It's called The 5 a.m. Miracle. Check out the book by the same name. And if you're listening to this after February 28th, check out the free time formula. If you're listening to this before February 28th, go over and do the pre-order. And there's a ton of stuff that you can get for the pre-order. So Jeff, thanks so much for coming on the show, buddy. Well, thanks, Dave. Love fun today. One other quick note on uh, Jeff. First of all, did you notice two and a half years to get that sponsor? Not six episodes, not six weeks, two and a half years to get that sponsor. Not trying to rain on your parade. Just go in with your eyes open. Also, if you go to jeffsanders.com and go, ooh, there's no Kindle edition, 
that is on its way. I told him, I said, man, the minute that Kindle edition is available, I'm going to snatch, I'm going to pre-order that so I can get all your bonuses. Also, I had recorded the interview on my side with both myself and Jeff. Jeff recorded it on his side with his voice and mine. I used Jeff's because Jeff's Jeff sounded better in Jeff's recording. Now I could have combined the two and done a double ender. We're going to talk about good enough in the future, but I just want to let you know in this case, I used Jeff because the primary focus of the interview is to focus on Jeff and Jeff sounded better in Jeff's version. I, uh, one of the things I do in most cases, unless somebody's charging like two arms, a limb and your firstborn, is I will go out and order other courses on podcasts about podcasting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so I saw where Adam Carolla from Podcast One, and for the record, I don't think this is an Adam Carolla thing. I think this is a Podcast One thing. But I bought it, and there's a a PDF that you get. I have a video of this. Again, you know me. If I'm going to say anything that's not entirely positive, I'm going to back it up with some screenshots and a video. And I'm not making this up. They have this thing like, here are podcasting resources. And one of them is like PodCamp, which I wish we had more PodCamps, but we don't. But that's not bad. The one that got me was they have a link to the Yahoo podcast directory, which went out of business many, many, many moons ago. Realize I bought this this week. They have things like here, listen to Serial and listen to Radio Lab, and then they have Podcast Alley, which also has not really been a player in the space in many, many moons. They have things, oh, they updated it. Let me see here. Oh, no, here we go. Propaganda Software, again, uh, was a great software back in the day, but they haven't made propaganda software for podcasting in many moons. My favorite, though, my absolute favorite. <laughs> was Odeo, a link to Odeo. And I'm like, um, guys, not sure if you know this. Now, here's the fun thing. You probably use Odeo every day because in 2005-ish, 6-ish, whenever uh, iTunes came out, a lot of directories like Yahoo directories said, oh, forget it, Apple's in the game, we're getting out. And Odeo was one of those directories that kind of went out of business but Odeo had this cool thing where you would list your podcast and people could follow your podcast and you could, there was all this following thing. So they took Odeo down and it came back a little while later with a new name called Twitter. And now, you know, the rest of the story. So uh, it's not bad content. There is a fair amount of podcast one will do. It'll make your breakfast, start your car and get you going in the morning. It's like, okay, Uh, there's there's a little bit. uh, Well, there's a lot of bit of just how great podcast one is. And they're really, in my opinion, let's go opinion now. In my opinion, I get a sneaking suspicion that this class was really just a way for people to go and submit their show to podcast one. I think they're actually looking for talent because I know they've had a lot of talent over there. Julian Michaels was there, uh, some big names, and then they're not anymore. I don't know why that is, but one of the things I always say about the school of podcasting is it's up to date. And if you find for some reason, something that's out of date, I'll fix it. And if you find something that isn't there, I'll make it this way. I get you going in the right 
direction. So I wanted to uh, point that out in case you see ads for that, because it is getting promoted a lot. Something else I want to point out, I always like to point out good stuff. And uh, Danny Pena, do you know Danny Pena? Gamertag Radio, Hall of Fame podcaster. You want to check out three Hall of Fame podcasters? I was just got done listening to uh, the new media show with Hall of Fame podcaster Todd Cochran, co-host Hall of Fame podcaster Rob Greenlee, and they had Hall of Fame podcaster Danny Pena, who's going to be celebrating. All these guys are doing like 13 years. Danny is coming out with a documentary about Gamertag Radio in February. So I'll let you know when that's available. Danny's been on this show. What a phenomenal story. This is a guy that gets off the couch. Danny's middle name is Community. And if you are looking face-to-face with Danny, I guarantee you behind him are five people that have come probably 100 miles away to hang out with this dude. And so it's a great conversation about growing your audience. I will have links to this out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 604. We're going to talk a little gear, just a little bit. Remember, it's not the technology that gets you an audience. But I found a mixer, a PreSonus Studio Live AR12 USB mixer. It's not cheap. It's 500 bucks. The reason I bought it is it has everything I'd like in a mixer. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of USB, but this one is USB. It's got sliders instead of buttons. It got it has a mute button for each channel. It has inserts. It has three-level EQ. It's got a built-in SD card reader. That's the big thing I loved about it. And it's uh, got an on-off switch. I know that sounds weird, but some mixers don't. I bought it. It had this weird little high-pitched whine. Long story short, worked with their tech support, updated a driver, a couple other things, and it's working fine now. I am finding out that it, it does this thing where you can send, like, every channel to your software, but I'm still having to, like, turn everything up to 11, basically to get any kind of serious uh, uh, level into my software. That is not a deal breaker. I just have to know that's what I got to do. And so far, everything seems to be working okay on that. Should mention before we get out the door here, I am going to be at PodFest this weekend. Go to podfest.us, February 8th through the 10th in Orlando, Florida. This is a great time. Plus, I'm going to be roasted. And that's going to be an interesting experience. Then at the end of February, I'm going to be in San Diego, California. This is a huge conference. I've been told over and over and over that the networking at social media marketing world is like no other. We're talking an open ceremony, an opening ceremony on a aircraft carrier. And I'll have links to this out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 604. Looking forward to both those events. February, uh, the the Florida people, I almost have like a second family in Florida. Really looking forward to that. I'll be at the Libsyn booth if you come to uh, PodFest. And uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And I should let you know that next week's episode will be a little late. It'll be out on Monday day as opposed to usually it comes out Sunday night at midnight. Uh, I don't get back into Akron until I, I probably won't get home till midnight. And so I'm going to record some things ahead of time. But I know that you want to hear my reflections on PodFest. And so I will record that segment and export it. So it might be a little bit of a shorter show next week. We'll see. And then there's always the fun part of, is Dave going to have a voice? Which in some cases, I don't. So we shall see. I want to thank Scott Johnson from ComputerTutorFlorida.com. 
he sent in an idea for future shows. Uh, Scott, we're going to bring that back in March. I want to thank Joe from Stacking Benjamins. He gave me some insights into some things we're going to be sharing. And I would love to hear from you. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. If you have anything you would like me to talk about or research on the show. I did buy a Zoom H1 portable recorder. I'll be talking about that in the future. And we're going to talk about some things. I've actually updated the School of Podcasting website. And we're going to look at the concept of good enough. Yeah. You know what? It's good enough. And how sometimes perfection can just just cripple you. And so we'll talk about that in the future as well as anything that you would like to talk about. Again, the website, schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. If you want to start a podcast, I would love to work with you. Go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code LISTENER and save. Thank you so much. Until next week, class is dismissed. Take care and God bless. Not really a blooper this week. Jeff said that he spent a lot of time reading self-help books. And if I could go back to this interview, I would have asked him what his favorite one was. He did mention John Maxwell, who I'm also a huge fan of. But that's one that looking back at this interview, I'm like, hmm, that would have been a good follow-up question. And I blew it.